You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 46, we saw last week a warning that God gave through Jeremiah to the people of Egypt. And the warning was that God was going to judge. And God always judges sin. Sometimes you think uh, people are getting away with stuff and you think, oh, God doesn't know. Oh, yes, he does. Uh, the, the wheels of justice, they may turn slowly, but they are turning. And God is still omniscient. He is all-knowing. And there is nobody uh, that is getting away with anything. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. We saw the warning. Secondly, we saw their weapons in Jeremiah 46. And boy, they had weapons. But can I tell you, those weapons are nothing. Uh, those weapons do not even come close to the power of our God and the, the God of judgment. In Revelation 19, he comes back. All the weapons of the world cannot do anything uh, to hamper or to hinder the efforts of God. We saw, uh, number three, their worry. There was fear all around, it says in uh, chapter 46 and uh, verse number five. There was fear round about verse number um, uh, nine, we see there were wars. There were horses and chariots and mighty men and shields and bows. And there were wars that were going on. But then we saw also last week, we saw that the valiant, verse number 15, were swept away. Even the mighty could not stand because God had driven them. God had pushed them back. And then we saw number six last week, we saw the window. A window of time that even Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh had power, but it was only for a while. It says in verse number 17 that he hath passed the time appointed. And we kind of closed last Wednesday with the challenge, uh, let's not waste a moment that God has given us. Uh, don't waste a moment. Uh, uh, don't waste a day. Don't waste uh, the time you have with your family and the opportunities you have to serve God and the, the opportunity you have to witness and to give out the gospel and to, to do something for Christ. Uh, I hope we don't waste opportunities, but instead, I hope we will redeem the time, make every moment count. And uh, I'll tell you, life is short, is it not? I remember when my wife and I, when we moved here almost eight years ago, and I remember especially some of our uh, senior citizens, they said, you know, love those, love those children while you can and, and love your wife because it just seems like you blink and the time is gone. And I'll tell you, it seems like that. It just seems like it's going so fast. And so you can say, oh, well, nothing I can do. Or you can say, oh, yes, there's something I can do. I can seize every moment and every day is a gift from God. We're not guaranteed we have tomorrow. God's given us today. And I hope before you go to bed tonight, I hope you'll tell your family, I hope you tell them you love them. I hope you tell your children you love them. I hope that before you go to bed tonight, I hope you tell God you love them. I hope you'll be thankful. Say, well, I'm saving up my Thanksgiving list for next Thursday. Don't wait. It may not come. Uh, be thankful today. Be thankful every day. We have a window of time. Uh, Pharaoh, the Bible says, he passed the time appointed. I want you to see very quickly, we get towards the end of this chapter, 
And we see in verse number 25, we see the wickedness of Egypt. Verse 25, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel saith, Behold, I will punish the multitude of No, a city in Egypt, and Pharaoh, and Egypt, and their gods, and their kings, even Pharaoh, and all them that trust in him. Isn't that sad to think that there were a whole lot of people that were not trusting in God. They were not trusting in Jehovah. They were trusting in Pharaoh. And I want to remind you, people will let you down. People will disappoint you. That's why the Bible says we're not supposed to put our trust in man, but we're supposed to put our trust in God. You must put your trust in God. I must put our trust, my trust in God. But we see their wickedness. God said because of that, he would punish them. Verse number 26, and I will deliver them into the hand of those that seek their lives and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into the hand of his servants. And afterward, it shall be inhabited as in the days of old, saith the Lord. But I want to draw your attention to verse 27 and 28. And this is where we'll spend a few moments together. But I want you to see that in the midst of judgment, God makes a promise to his people. Now, I want to remind you that the nation of, of uh, our, our nation, the United States of America, is not exempt from the judgment of God. How many of you know that? Uh, we're, we're, there's not an asterisk in heaven that says, well, I'm going to judge everybody except for America. You say, how do you know that? Because God judged his own people, the nation of Israel. God always judges sin. God always brings judgment because of the, the wickedness of a nation. So we're not exempt from judgment. But I want to tell you this. Even though judgment is not coming, judgment, I believe, is here. And I believe it's going to get worse in this nation uh, until Jesus comes back. But I want to tell you, I am so glad that God has promised he's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of his people. You say, well, how can God take care of us? Because we live in this country and we are in this country and we are in this nation and our nation is guilty of sins and our nation has turned its back on God. So how can God still protect us? Well, let's look at verse 27 and 28 and uh, let's get some thoughts from this. Verse 27, God says, but fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, be not dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save thee from afar off. Now, that's an interesting phrase. We'll look at that in a moment. And thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and be in rest and at ease, and none, nobody shall make him afraid. Verse 28, fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee for i will make a full end of all the nations whither i have driven thee but i will not make a full end of thee but correct thee in measure that's an interesting phrase we'll look at that god says i'm going to correct you but i'm going to correct you in measure yet will i not leave thee holy unpunished lord i pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word uh, for these few moments this evening, I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the fact that, uh, Lord, you have promised us that you will take care of us. You will never 
leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lord, help us to cling to that tonight. Help us to hold on to the promises of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We see number, uh, let's see here, number seven. Uh, we saw the wickedness in verse 25. Number eight, we see the word. The word of God, the promise of God. God says, I will be with thee. God says, I will take care of thee. God says, I will not make a full end of thee. God promises. And can I tell you, when God makes a promise, you don't have to give him 113 pieces of paper for him to put his signature and the date on to make sure he's going to follow through. When God gives his word, you can count on it. He is going to do exactly what he said he would do. We see the word of God. But then I see number nine in this passage. I see the work of God. You see, only God could do this. In verse number 28, God says, I'm going to take care of you. But he said, I'm going to make a full end of the nations whither I have driven thee. So now think about this. God says, you are going to go into Babylon. You're going to be in captivity. And God says, you're going to be there and I'm going to destroy Babylon, but I'm going to take care of you. I was reading this week. I, I, I had heard different things about it. I hadn't really read much about it. And I, I'm not an expert just because I Googled something, but I can give you a little information. But I was reading about these precision missiles that our military has. How many of you have heard about some of our precision missiles? It's very interesting. Uh, I was reading about it, and of course, they're not going to tell you all of our capability and all that we can do. But I read an article from last year that we found out something very frightening. We found out that Iran... Uh, has some precision missiles. We knew they did, but we didn't think their missiles were as accurate as what they actually were. Iran sent some missiles over into Iraq to a few of our abandoned military bases. And we discovered, lo and behold, that their precision missiles were pretty precise. We found out that they could uh, hit their targets within about 30 feet of where they were intended. So we're talking about surface to surface. These missiles can travel several hundred miles and hit a target within about 30 feet. Can I tell you? That's pretty scary. And what's really scary is that's what Iran has. That's not what we have. That's not what Russia has. That's not what China has. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, I was hoping I was going to sleep tonight. And here you're scaring me to death, all these missiles and all that. If we only knew the capabilities that were out there, I promise you none of us would sleep. But I'm not worried about the capabilities of, of militaries. I'm more interested in the power and the protection of God. And God is telling his people, he said, you're going to be right there. You're going to be right in the middle. And he said, and I'm going to take care of everybody around you, but I'm going to protect you. How about this? Remember what God did in Egypt with the plagues? Remember that final plague, the Passover, when the angel of the Lord passed over all the homes in Egypt, and the Bible says that the angel of the Lord killed the firstborn in every house in Egypt, except for the ones 
that had the blood applied to the doorpost. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. God says, if you've got the blood over you, you're going to be safe. You're going to be protected. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how bad this world gets. It doesn't matter how bad COVID gets. It doesn't matter how bad the economy gets. It doesn't matter how, how, how crazy the civil unrest gets. It doesn't matter any of that. If you are a child of God, I want to say the safest place in the world you can be is in the center of God's will. And that's why we've, we've told our children, and I'll tell, I'll tell you, and I, to me this is a scary thought, but I would rather my child be in the jungles of Africa in the center of God's will than be living next door and be out of the will of God. How come? Because God can take care of us and he promises that he will take care of us. You see, the precision missiles uh, can, can hit a certain location and not even touch the building next door, not even touch the house that is next door across the street. I want to tell you, God's precision is far better than that. And God's accuracy is far better than that. God has that ability. We see the work of God. Only God could punish an entire nation and yet spare a group of people in that nation. Remember this. Joshua sent the spies to go to spy Jericho. And they met Rahab, and Rahab took care of them, and she protected them, and she uh, sent them on their way, and they escaped. And they said, if you will leave uh, that, that scarlet thread, if you will leave that rope hanging from your window of the house, you will be spared. Now, that may sound good, and that may sound noble. But you know what's amazing? Is that the entire wall, came tumbling down and crashing down in Jericho except for one spot. And that one spot was the spot where Rahab had thrown down that rope and said, hey, I'm right here and I'm doing exactly what God told me to do. I want to tell you, God can do it. The work of God, only God. There's no other explanation. Let's look quickly and I'll be done. These verses, I see number one in verses 27 to 28, just a little a uh, little thought within these verses. I see number one, there should be no dread for the Christian. It says in verse 27, but fear thou not. Verse 28, fear thou not. God says, don't be afraid. Don't be dreadful. Don't be worried. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. God says, I will take care of you. But notice what else it says in verse 27. But fear thou not, O my servant Jacob. Be not dismayed, O Israel. Verse 28. Fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant. I remember when I was in high school, and junior high and high school, I had the opportunity to work with my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, and uh, he uh, in installed fences, and we would uh, we'd do some work there. But I remember some times that uh, we would be dealing with neighbors. And did you know, now, by the way, not your neighbors, of course. I'm sure your neighbors are perfect. I'm sure your neighbors are great. But did you know some neighbors don't get along? Some neighbors don't like you? And in some cases, the reason people were putting up fences is because of the neighbors, you know? 
And then here we are, we're out there working and we're digging and we're, you know, uh, pouring concrete and doing all this stuff. And sometimes the neighbors would come out and they'd say, well, you can't be doing this and you're too close to my property or whatever. There was a wonderful feeling for me as a 15 or 16 year old boy. I'd say, I'm just doing what the boss told me to do. Sorry, I'm just going to keep doing this and you may not like it or whatever, but hey, I'm not in charge, right? Um, sorry, but I'm just an employee. You're going to have to talk to the boss. I want to tell you something. There's no need to fear because we're not the boss. We're just a servant. We're serving the King of Kings and he is our Lord. And he said, Jacob, you are my servant. But not only that, but look at verse 27. He says, oh, my servant, Jacob, and be not dismayed, O Israel. Isn't that interesting that he used both names? And you know the story. I don't have time to get into it. But Jacob was the man who was the trickster. Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was running for his life. He had nothing. And he had a wrestling match with God. And God won. And God said, Jacob, you're no longer going to be called Jacob. He said, but you will be called Israel. You will be a prince with God. Can I tell you, when you and I will get honest with God, God can change us like he changed Jacob. And when you've seen God change you and you've seen God do a miracle in your life, you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry about tomorrow when you've seen what God did yesterday. And you don't have to worry about the future when you know what God has already done in the past. And if he's done it before... He can do it again. Number one, there's no dread. Number two, there's no discouragement. You see, fear uh, is an emotion and it causes us to, to be scared or to be, to be afraid of what might happen to us. But then it says, be not dismayed. To be dismayed, it literally is the idea of being broken, being shattered, the Bible uses the word confounded or confused. And sometimes we get discouraged. And if you never get discouraged, I'd love to know your secret because uh, that would be an amazing thing if you never get discouraged because as far as I know, we all do because we're human. But can I tell you, God tells us don't be discouraged. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be dismayed. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be confused because God has got everything all taken care of. God has already been down the road. God has already worked out the details and God says, be not afraid, no dread. Number two, do not be dismayed, no discouragement. I'll give you these references. I was going to try to read them tonight. I don't have time. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Joshua 1, 9. Joshua 8, 1. Joshua 10, 25. 1 Chronicles 22, 13. 1 Chronicles 28, 20. 2 Chronicles 20, 15 and 17. 2 Chronicles 32, 7. Isaiah 41, 10. Jeremiah 30, verse 10. Every one of those verses, it says, Fear not, neither be dismayed. And I tell you, that's a whole lot of times that God reminds us, no dread, no discouragement. The songwriter wrote, be not dismayed, whate'er betide. How come? Because God will take care of you.
I want to tell you, you don't have to leave here discouraged tonight. You can be encouraged because God will take care of you. Number three, I see quickly, I see there was deliverance. God promises in verse 27, he says, For behold, I will save thee from afar off. And thy seed, he says, I will save thy seed from the land of their captivity. God is not saying that he is far off. And God's not saying, you know, you're so far over there and I'm so far over here. But, you know, somehow we'll figure it out and I'll save you even though I'm way over here. That's not what God's saying. Because God's already said he'll never leave us. We already know God is with us. What God is saying is, even when you get away from me, even when you feel like you are far, far, far away from me, God says, I can still deliver you there. Doesn't matter how far you get away from God. Doesn't matter how far you wander. Doesn't matter how far you backslide. Doesn't matter how far you stray. We've got a God who is full of mercy and full of grace and full of compassion. And he can still reach way, way down. And he can pull you up out of a pit. He can set your feet upon a rock. God is able to deliver. We see, number one, no dread. Number two, no discouragement. Number three, we see deliverance. But then number four, I want you to see devotion. Now, when I use the word devotion, I usually am talking about our devotion to God. Uh, if you have uh, your, your devotional time uh, with the Lord, you know, usually that's something that you say, well, I'm, I'm having my devotions. I, I'm devoted to the Lord. I've got time devoted to God. I've told you before, but I think it was Chloe that started it. But we would say, we're going to have devotions. And somehow Chloe got it mixed up and she's never got it straight. But Chloe says, Daddy, are we having demotions tonight? And uh, we probably should have corrected her. But it was just one of, you know how sometimes they'll say something that's just so cute, you don't have the heart to change it. One of these days, I need to make sure she knows it's not demotions. It's never a demotion when you spend time with God. Amen. You're always moving up when you spend time with him. But this word devotion, I'm not talking about our devotion to God. But I want you to see God's devotion to us. That's amazing. God says it doesn't matter how far you're removed. Doesn't matter what country you're in. Doesn't matter if you're in captivity. But God says in verse 28, he says, for I am with thee. Aren't you so thankful that God is devoted to us? He's devoted that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That's how we can have no dread. That's how we can have no discouragement when we know that God is with us. Hold your place there and flip back with me, if you would, to Isaiah 41. I mentioned this verse earlier, but I want you to see this verse. Isaiah 41. This might be a good verse to uh, stick on your refrigerator. Put it on a piece of paper, a sticky note. Uh, put it at the office or, or put it somewhere on the dash or somewhere where you can see it. Isaiah 41, verse number 10. God says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That, my friends, that's devotion. And God says, I am with thee. And then number five, I want you to see lastly, I see the discernment of God. God says in verse number 28, he says, for I am with thee. 
For I will make a full end of all the nations whither I have driven thee. We saw that, and we saw God's precision and how we can do that. But then he says, but I will not make a full end of thee. He said, I'm not going to wipe you out. I'm not going to uh, destroy you. But, he said, I will correct thee. I want you to see those next two words. I will correct thee in measure. He said, well, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're doing some baking, it's important that you get the right measurements. Now, if I were doing the baking, it would not be proper measurements. I guarantee you that. But if you want it to be right, you've got to have just the right amount. You know what's amazing? Is God always gives us the right amount. In this case, it's talking about correction. And by the way, I'm glad we have a God that loves us enough to correct us. You see, Hebrews says that if God does not correct you, it's because you are not his child. So whenever you experience the correction of God, number one, you ought to say, I'm so thankful that I belong to him, that he is my father. But God not only gives us the right measure, the right amount of correction, but I'm thankful that God gives us the right measure of grace. And God gives us exactly the grace we need. He gives us exactly the strength we need. He gives us exactly the wisdom we need. God gives us exactly what we need. He knows what we need better than we know what we need. There are some days where something will happen and I'll say, I don't think I can handle this. This is too much for me. This is more than I can bear. But you know what's amazing? Is that God always knows exactly what we can handle, not on our own but with his help. And he says, but I will correct thee in measure. Yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.